For over 500 straight weeks, the Sell More Book Show has brought you self-publishing news, tools, and tips, and we're just getting started. Now with rotating co-hosts from the greatest minds in self-publishing, we are truly ready to help you sell more books. I'm Brian Cohen, and on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sell More Book Show, episode 514. I'm Brian Cohen from Self Publishing Live and Best Page Forward, joined by Naomi Nakashima from, oh my goodness, a B2B ghostwriter of Glitz and Grammar, Help Me, Naomi, and all of the places. She's a superstar writing coach. I'm glad that she is back. How are you today, Naomi? I'm doing so. What an introduction. Oh, my goodness. I'm doing so great. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. I'm really good. I love some of the stuff that we talked about last week, which for us was five seconds ago because of the magic of recording. But Yay. I love some of the stuff we talked about. We talked about uh, this concept you shared about having a vision for your book. Do you feel like... um you need a vision in multiple levels. Like you need the vision for a book and you need a vision for a series that's kind of encompassing that. Do you need a vision for your author brand? Like, could you have a vision of all those things that all fit within each other? Like those nesting dolls? Like what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I definitely think it helps. Mm. Um, if you, Let's say you're traveling from, let's say you leave Boston, right? Uh And you're traveling and you have no idea where you're going. And you're just like, I'm just going to see where the world takes me. (laughs) Um, Most people kind of stick to those main roads, right? Because they don't want to get lost, assuming they don't have GPS. They don't want to get lost. So they might veer off a little bit. They might take a couple of the exits, but they try to make sure that they stick kind of close to those highways. Once they have a a vision of where they're going, like, oh, you know what? I feel like I'm going to Baltimore. They leave Boston and now they can go anywhere. They can like take the most winding road away from the highway because they know where they're going. They, you know, have a vision of where they're going. Even if halfway there, they say, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to surpass Baltimore. I'm heading all the way down to Miami. Or they can say, you know what? No, I want to check out the Midwest. Like, Having that vision, even if it changes over time, helps you set up yourself to get there and get there the way that you want to get there as creatively as you want to get there. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. I just, it just came to me that question. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, I'm going to get a whole lot more thoughts from you down in North Carolina this October. Um, both in person and virtually for the self-publishing live event, selfpublishinglive.com. We've got Naomi will be there. Claire Taylor will be there. Becca Syme will be there. Uh, Jen LaSalle will be there and, and I'll be there. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a really good group. I'm going to have autographs. I'm going to have my book Ooh. there so yes. that I can get everyone's autographs. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's such a good idea. That is such a good idea. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, we asked a question, what are you doing to set your priorities? What are you doing to enforce your priorities in your daily 
weekly and yearly writing and marketing schedules, and nobody answered it. <gasps> nobody. Shame. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But Naomi, you know, you've talked about on your social media that, you know, with with ADHD and with like any any neurodivergence at all, it's hard to follow what the world tells you to do when you're trying to set these priorities. So what, what do you do to help yourself set priorities of any kind? Um, well, what I've noticed is that a lot of the goal setting slash productivity slash time management, like that whole crowd, um, it's a lot of the similar advice. And yeah. it doesn't work for me. Like, I'm sure it works <laughs> for, for other people, but none of it seems to work for me. And I think part of that is because they always say, like, prioritize urgency, like what feels more urgent. And I'm like, I can't tell. Like, yeah. to me, it always feels, everything feels urgent. I don't have a way of measuring, like mm-hmm. having that ADHD, if I need to do something, it, it feels urgent. Um, and I yeah. also don't have really great... uh method of measuring like which one is small versus which one is huge like it all feels big and urgent so um what what i do is at the beginning of the day my first two to three steps they are literally based on what my vision is for my career or my book like what i want it to look at look like the first two or three things that i do every single day are for that yeah. And that way, no matter how bad the rest of the day goes, <laughs> like, no matter how much I'm fighting with kids or schedules or whatever, I am at least two to three steps closer to what I'm trying to accomplish. And mm. that that allows me to at least end the day on a high note because I know I got that done. That's nice. That's good. Yeah, it's 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 so hard to just kind of wander around your to-do list and not know what your priorities are. It, it, it makes things difficult. Very. Yeah. 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 But in the future, people can answer the question of the week at the Selmore book show after party Facebook group <laughs> or over at sellmorebookshow.com. top story of the week. Mm-hmm. Audios up and Spotify helped. Uh, there are signs that Spotify might not, only be gaining on Audible, but may also be driving overall audiobook consumption higher too, reports Alexandra Alter for the New York Times. While audiobook sales have been growing dramatically for more than a decade, according to Bookstat, the audiobook market in the United States grew 14% in the fourth quarter of 2023 compared to the previous year. Using figures provided by Spotify, Bookstat estimated that Spotify had a market share of 11%, putting them ahead of Apple and behind Audible, along the dominant platforms. Quote, it suggests that Spotify grew the market rather than cannibalizing existing Audible and Apple customers, says Bookstats' Paul Abbasey, the founder formerly known as DataGuy. Spotify is well known for its recommendation engine, and publishers and authors are hopeful that their algorithm-based recommendations will help readers find books they'd otherwise never find. Amanda D'Asierno of Penguin Random House Audio says that their audiobooks on Spotify skew younger and male. 
which is not the traditional audience for audiobooks. Quote, what we've seen here in the U.S. is very, very good. They're reaching people who don't go to bookstores often, end quote. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, there are signs that neither Spotify nor Audible is thriving. As Jane Friedman in her hot sheet newsletter mentioned, Spotify cut 17% of its workforce in 2023. Audible, too, is laying off staff with 5% let go of this year already. So it's a little bit of a cringy thing at the end there. Um, it was going so well. I know it was going so well. There's new listeners to audiobooks, but these audiobook companies are slashing <laughs> staff. Um, but to the first point, I mean, like let, let's even just go right into the hot potatoes of wisdom. We'll, we'll work around them a little bit. But mm-hmm. do you think, Naomi, that the increase in audiobook sales overall, that 14% increase just in the fourth quarter, will continue? Or could this have just been a one-time surge from Spotify entering the market? What do you think? I think it's going to continue, but I think this surge is going to be like a spike. I don't know if yeah. it's going to continue at the same velocity that right, right. You know, went up. But I think we are going to continue seeing... I mean, book sales have been going up year over year in any format. And I think audio books are going to continue, especially as more and more people start to recognize audiobooks and more audiobooks are also entering the market, not even just on Spotify, but we're finally seeing more people putting out audiobooks. So yes. I think they're going to continue going up. Yeah. And I mean, we haven't even talked about it here, but... uh Audiobooks that are not created by narrators and that are created using technology are coming into the space and that will have an impact as well. Um, but we've got another hot potato wisdom question from you to me. What you got? Yes, Brian. What will it take for Spotify to have a noticeable impact on Audible sales? So this is really interesting, right? So Spotify moved up, surpassed Apple in that fourth quarter of 2023, but is still behind Audible. Audible is still the leader in audiobooks. What does Spotify need to do? Well, I I think it if it is going to take this seriously, it is going to have to beef up its audiobook division. Cutting 17% of its staff as it did at the end of the year is probably not going to be what it needs to do if it is going to go at number one in this industry. It also needs to, and I know uh, this was something we touched upon last year, was this, this not quite being sure exactly what Spotify and Findaway Voices are doing when it comes to compensating authors for things like uh, all-you-can-listen type offerings, we still don't truly know, even though we did have some answers from their PR team, we don't truly know how it is going to impact authors. And I think Spotify and Findaway need to come out to the community more. They need to involve authors in this because authors don't want to be stuck with Audible. Authors want to have options. But much like Kobo uh, has done a wonderful job of in the past of connecting with authors and helping them with promotions and draft to digital has done for authors. I think if Spotify did that, 
Spotify would start to see a chance to impact those Audible sales. So, more people, (laughs) more connections with readers and authors. You can do it, Spotify. We believe in you. We believe in you. We we hope that you you can do it. Um, <laughs> do you listen to audiobooks, Naomi? I do. Um, I just recently started reading audiobooks. I have a um, auditory processing disorder, so mm. I I do struggle with audiobooks. Yeah. Um, to an extent, but what I'm finding is as more, especially nonfiction authors, start putting out their own audiobooks, I can read those much more easily than say uh, a fiction book that's written in first person that my brain cannot process. (laughs) That makes total sense. That makes total sense. Yeah. I, when I lived in Chicago, I would listen to audiobooks all the time on the L on the train doing all that. Um, My daughter suddenly just like got obsessed with audiobooks and she, she listened to, all eight Ramona Quimby books in two weeks. I, wow. I was pretty impressed at her at her focus there. Um, let's go into the lightning round. This is your second opportunity to make a lightning sound, Naomi. Have at it. <laughs> you can do I this. Like, uh, uh, what did I do last time? Like, shh. Ooh, that was good. Yeah, it shook a little. Oh, yeah, I, I liked that. that- <laughs> yeah, it got it got, it got there's some movement. There's some improvement. I think if we did this a hundred straight weeks, you would get so much better every single week. <laughs> All right. I gotta talk you up on this one because Naomi, you've picked up forty thousand plus followers on TikTok uh and a variety of platforms like YouTube, like Clubhouse. What do you think that you you say that authors feel they need to hear? Mostly, like my biggest message that I always put out over and over and over again is your story matters. Mm. It's an underlying theme in most of my videos. It's an underlying theme throughout my book is like anyone, anyone can teach you how to write a book. It's it's not a very complicated. It is complex, but it's not a very complicated process. Mm. Anyone can show it to you. But. Not everyone tells authors, especially new authors, that their story matters and that they need to be writing and sharing their book and that uh, their story in the form of a book and how that's going to help them and help their readers. Even, you know, people tend to think of that message as being for nonfiction, but it's there for fiction authors as well. Like the story matters. Mm. And I repeat it all the time. I love it. I love it. And I followed you on on TikTok uh, because I enjoyed uh, that message as well, for sure. So thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. I think you've got a question for me. I do. Should you make the effort to put yourself everywhere on social media? So should you make this effort to be on all channels on social media at all times Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you do, you never have to do everything. There's no shoulds in this. I mean, we both love Becca Syme and her QTP, question the premise. We don't necessarily (laughs) have to be everywhere. We don't have to be omnipresent. There might be, be a time if you, if you had great success and you had enough money for a team and you could 
outsource parts of the process, then maybe. But chances are you are one person trying to run your entire business. And while you are trying to do all of the writing things, you are also getting all these cues that you should be everywhere, that you should post a million times a day. And there's no shoulds. If a platform resonates with you and you enjoy being on it and you enjoy posting on it and you enjoy interacting with readers on it, then maybe that's the platform for you. But you don't also have to then be on six other platforms that don't resonate with you. Start with one and maybe eventually branch out. But you could also start with zero because you don't necessarily need to be on social media in order to be a success. Absolutely. I agree with you. <laughs> 100%. It's it's too much distraction anyway. <laughs> Just too much distraction. Right. <laughs> um, Naomi, this was a question. Uh, it came from Roland, who puts together our show every week, who's so fantastic. Uh, and I thought it was a good question to ask you here. So what refills your well these days, your creative well? What books or movies or music or TV are you taking in to, to refill that bucket? Um, so first, <laughs> I have a tendency because most of the time when I am taking time for myself, it's late at night. Yeah. And so I I fall into this like, Oh, it's so hard to explain, but I fall into this like mode of I really want to sit down and watch something, but I don't want it to be something new because I also yeah. want to fall asleep to it. But I need it to be interesting enough that I stick to it. Yeah. Um, so nice. it's a lot fit of time, in that narrow window. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so some of my comfort shows that fit into that are like Merlin. Okay. Um, yep. Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Um, I watch a lot of, especially the classic Doctor Who that is streaming on Tubi. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, the fourth doctor is like my, like he was my first doctor. So like yeah. I watched the Tom Baker years all the time. <laughs> um, and you know, almost anything with star in it, star Wars, star Trek, star <laughs> like yeah. Um, so I, yeah, a lot of science fiction. Uh, some science fantasy, some, you know, uh, futuristic fantasy, but yeah, you'll, you'll find me with all of those all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we need that time. We need to refill that well. And if you do it with Tom Baker, you can't, can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with Tom Baker. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a question for me, Naomi. I do. So you've hired a lot of team members who happen to be neurodivergent. Do you think this is a coincidence or does something draw you to people who are neurodivergent? It's it's really interesting. I wanted to get I wanted to ask this to myself really while I was here because I don't actually know why I've ended up hiring a lot of people who are neurodivergent. I think that um I love people who think differently. I love people who who process information in different ways. And and some of the wonderful people I've had a chance to work with, like Quinn Ward and Scarlett Moss, they are just so kind and so giving, but also happen to think, 
in a different way than a, a lot of people. And that has led, I think, my business to interesting places because they've done a lot of the early work in my business with Author Ad School and with Self-Publishing Live. And so I do think that I just love seeing people who 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 are interesting and behave in interesting ways that I don't immediately understand. So maybe there is this draw to like people I'm trying to like figure out because it's like, oh, I figured you out in two seconds. You're boring. But like someone who I still don't quite know what they're going to do or why they do it. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stick with you for a while because this is making my brain work as well. So I don't know. So really the answer was, I don't know, but uh, it was fun to talk about. <laughs> so um, last question to you, Naomi, do you think that uh, uh, people who are neurodivergent, do you think that if, if someone is neurodivergent, it should change the type of advice that they follow as an author? Yes and no. Okay. I think um, I think everyone, neurodivergent and neurotypical, should know what their strengths are and yeah. like how their brain functions in general. I think being able to write, to create a writing strategy or a marketing strategy, both of which are very personal choices. Um, you should definitely have an understanding of what your brain needs. I think that neurodivergent people, we have a tendency to do that more often because we're always yeah. told we're so different anyway. So we have a, we're, we're kind of forced into it. So, you know, as, right. we're, as we're going through things, we have to know how our brain is different. Um, what makes it hard is that a lot of the advice out there um, it's, it's geared towards neurotypical people because it works for so many people. Things like right. if you want to be a writer, you have to write every day that works for neurotypical people who can block off the time. But for, for someone who's neurodivergent, who follows their feelings, if they wake up and they don't feel like writing and writing is not going to give them that dopamine hit, or if they've been mm. too deep into their story now, that's that kind of advice isn't going to work. They have to find some other way to get themselves motivated to write. Yeah. Um, or they have to like start fast drafting so that they can get the story out before they lose interest. You know, yeah. like it has to, um, they have to know how their brain works so that they can. I always say that writing advice is like eating at a buffet, like take what you need and don't sneeze on the rest. <laughs> <laughs> especially true for neurodivergent people because sometimes you can take that advice and tweak it to how you need it to work for you and then that's when you know that you've got a routine that's going to work for you that's really awesome and that's good to know because you know as a person who works with a lot of neurodivergent people so <laughs> so thank You're you welcome. thank you yeah so Naomi, we need a question of the week. Um, I know we're a little short on time here. So um, let's see. What if we did the refill your well question? We asked everybody else what yes. they thought. Yeah. So Love it. good. What refills your well these days? What books, movies, music 
TV. That was written by Roland. So we got to give credit to Roland here. You can answer that question of the week over at sellmorebookshow.com or at the Sellmore Book Show After Party Facebook group. Naomi, I want people to go seek you out at Help Me Naomi on all the socials, who wants to write a book.com, check out Glitz and Grammar, all that stuff. Uh, it's been so nice having you these last couple of weeks. Thank you so much for, for having me. You are a blast to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you think that. Yeah. And we get to hang out all over again in October at Self Publishing Live. And uh, I hope more people will come. Selfpublishinglive.com. It should be a blast. I can't wait. Yay. Awesome. Well, for Naomi, I'm Brian. I hope everyone has a great week of book selling. And we'll talk to you soon for episode 515 with another mystery guest co-host. So take good care, everybody. And bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sell More Book Show. Visit the website at www.sellmorebookshow.com for detailed show notes and subscription information, or to send us news or comments for use on the show. Also, please take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening, and happy book selling! <laughs>